0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the final episode of our Moving Energy Forward series, a series of special edition episodes where we sit down with esteemed professionals from all facets of the energy sector in an effort to gain expert knowledge, share that knowledge with all of you, and to join the important discussion on the future of energy. Thank you to our partner, Bennett Jones, for making this series possible. Today our series host Wayne Steffler of Future Energy Oakville is back and is joined by Daniel Hadazade, CEO of Mitrex. Mitrex envisions a world where solar energy is generated by any surface touched by the sun. Their revolutionary building integrated photovoltaic or BIPV systems offer architects, engineers, building owners and investors the opportunity to embrace and profit from solar energy without compromising beauty. Today's discussion focuses on the difference between BIPV and traditional solar panels, challenges and how Mitrex is addressing them, how Oakville businesses can benefit from this kind of technology, examples of projects here in the GTA, future outlook, and more. Let's get into it.
1: So Daniel, can you give us a brief overview of what Mitrex does and its mission in the energy sector?
2: For sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Daniel Harizadeh. I'm the CEO of Metrix. Uh, Metrix is basically a pioneering company in energy sector. We manufacture and design BIPV, which is building integrated photovoltaic. Um, this is basically solar panels converted into a construction material that are getting integrated into building envelope. Um, most of the time they're acting as a building facade—that's where the sun shines and collecting and converting the photons into renewable electricity.
1: Yeah, it's very very interesting. So I'm I'm guessing our listeners might not be as familiar with this technology. And I know you're you're also um, one of the, the world's largest manufacturers of of built in, building integrated photovoltaics. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey?
2: Yes, for sure. Uh, So we have been in manufacturing for almost 20 years. Uh, We have been manufacturing construction materials, specifically, building envelopes uh, and building materials. Uh, About a few years ago, five, six years ago, we started R&D and research and development on converting our traditional materials into energy generating uh, facades. And the journey started basically with the simple principle of we have all the real estate on the buildings. Why are we not converting it into a power plant? What's stopping us, uh, from engineering standpoint and cost standpoint to convert these uh, surfaces into a solar farm? And that was the basis of our R&D and research. And we had to solve problem one after another and, uh, Basically, there were, there was a lot of innovation that we had to, we had to do in order to achieve this level of uh, integration between two different industries. Mm -hmm. Construction industry, construction material and solar. Um, they're two different industries. Uh, electrical, solar connections and construction material are very different. So, and every time you want to create a hybrid product, it doesn't look very complicated on the paper, but the integration and the human behavior comes into play, and there are missing gaps because no one had to bridge those gaps before. Right. There was no need for it, so there are no products to fulfill the gaps, and that's where the R&D happens right. to create those bridges.
1: So can you explain how the, the um, and, and I guess the acronym is BIPV, um, how it differs from traditional solar panels?
2: Sure, yeah, so typical solar panels are designed for solar farms. And the way it works is even when you install them on the roof of the house, you have to finish the structure, build the house, and then apply the solar panels on top of them, which uh, technically they are called building applied photovoltaics. Uh, building applied means everything else is done, and these are applied on top. Or in a case of solar farm, Have to have the land real estate and then apply the solar panels on this land versus building integrated photovoltaic is the solar cells are integrated into other materials and they become part of the building so uh, let's say if we have a car and we want to have a building integrated vehicle the car has to be made of solar cells but car doesn't have a lot of real estate that's why we focus on construction materials and on the building as a larger real estate. So a building, a typical building, a high rise, has hundreds of thousands of square feet of unused space. These are areas where we put our brick, we put our concrete blocks, or we put our concrete panels, and they act mostly as aesthetics. So that's the area that we integrate solar cells, those are the surfaces that we create made with the solar cells, not added on top of them. And uh, that's the name and the nature of building integrated photovoltaics.
1: So uh, could you talk maybe a little bit about like some in- innovative patents that you have that that uh, that address this or that are used in, in this um, area?
2: Yes, for sure. So it has been a journey. It's not one or two. It's Tens of different patterns and uh, innovations that we had to uh, overcome and achieve in order to create the product that we have today. Uh, for example, one of the items used in production of solar panels is uh, EVA or some sort of encapsulant that goes inside the solar panel and they're extremely flammable. When you're dealing with high rises and buildings that are, you know, over three to four story, there are a lot of regulations from a safety standpoint for fire, uh, that the material cannot become combustible and cannot catch fire or cannot add to the fire. So we have to overcome that section by developing a solar panel that's that looks like solar panel inside, but we are utilizing different materials. So that material cannot burn or will not add to the fire. So that's from one of the fire and safety standpoint. The other thing is solar panels typically they come in one or two size, but a building has to be made and built using, you know, hundreds of different size panels, which means these panels, they need to communicate with each other, understand each other and allows a lot of electricity to flow properly between all these panels. The next thing was the color solar panels. They have a typical dark blue or black color. Uh, but the building is not always black. So we have to have the innovation and the R&D parts applied on the color, which is ongoing. And a lot of these subjects, we have reached a level that the product is ready for the market, but not necessarily done. We are always working to improve those segments and those sections. Like the color is one of those areas that we work on. Uh, constantly to improve the color and increase the efficiency of the solar panel um, so these are just some of the innovations we had to bridge and as I was saying, bridging the gaps between a building material and a solar uh, it's there's a lot of innovation that has to happen there from installation perspective, architectural and design, and, and the integration yeah. because now the solar cells are part of the building.
1: Yeah, yeah. M- much, much different than just like a, a flat of solar panels <laughs> on a roof. Very, very much uh, a different type of uh, technology. Um, so what would you say in terms of Oakville businesses, how could they benefit uh, from implementing um, this type of uh, Mitrix uh, BIPB technology?
2: The good thing about our technologies is it's not limited to any geographic area, or is not limited to any type of building. When we meet with uh, some of the world's largest architectural firms, sometimes we talk about they're doing, you know, tens of thousands of building designs a year. And our solution, it has been curated and designed in a way that it can be implemented in many different form of uh, buildings and structures. Uh, for example, in Oakville, Ontario, you have a lot of uh, areas and surfaces that are near the lake. And what's interesting about solar is we can increase the output as we get closer to lakes or anywhere with the snow. It actually, the reflection that we get from the surfaces, it also produces electricity. One of the misconceptions that we have for solar is it only works on a south elevation. Uh, that's not the case. Solar panels, they work on north elevation, south, east, and west. Obviously, the production and the output is less when we are facing north, but it's not zero. It actually uh, about half of the production, just a little bit more than half of the production that we get on the south, we still get it on the north, and that's because of the reflections. So uh, many areas, many cities that are built around the oceans, around the water and access, those areas, they can actually increase the output by just being underwater. And, uh, but even if they're not underwater, just regular streets, just regular area, the reflection from the other building, it all actually enhances the production.
1: So how does Mitrex technology contribute to buildings being more stable and energy efficient?
2: Um, so one of the areas that building... Uh, the buildings are always losing energy uh, as the building envelope. Uh, By designing these high-performance building uh, envelopes and walls, we have two objectives. One, to minimize the energy loss uh, through the uh, the walls and the window connections and the detail of a wall assembly. And number two is to generate enough electricity or slash energy compensate for all the losses and more. We have a paper, we actually have done a study on this. Uh, If the building envelopes are designed properly, and they have proper R value, effective R values, we can compensate up to 130 times the energy loss depends on the city that uh, the building is located. uh, 130 times the energy loss of the building walls compensated. So there will be 99% of the energy available for interior use, such as lighting and other usage. In a a city like Toronto, that number could be 10 to 15 times the energy loss. If you look at it from the R-value standpoint, technically we can achieve, and not the effective R-value, we can achieve an effective R-value of infinite, which means every bit of or every joules of energy that we are losing through the building envelope, we are compensating for it, we are recouping it, and the building has zero energy loss because of its windows and because of its its walls. So every photon that's hitting the walls and every electron that's moving through our system can, can be used and utilized for heating, for cooling, or for lighting and that's one of the ways that we have actually it's a very new concept it doesn't it's not something that uh, we can easily find information on we keep writing white papers on this subject and uh, Mm -hmm. communicated with engineers and architects Uh, it opens a whole new approach and a whole new way of approaching the building design
1: yeah, so, so you're not just looking at it like, oh, we're putting solar panels on the side of the building. It's it's the maximizing the efficiency of the overall building envelope.
2: That's right, yeah, because if you just uh, imagine if the building has no walls and we just put solar panels on the wall, it's very inefficient. The yeah. building is it's losing energy and you are trying to recuperate all that electricity and energy, which is not efficient. So the first thing is to design a high-performance building envelope and the second step is generate electricity, renewable electricity.
1: Right. And and then there's also the, um, the aesthetic element of it as well. The outside can be any kind of, uh, look like any kind of material. Is that fair to say?
2: That's right. So we don't want to live in a city that everything is dark and black because it's efficient. We want to make sure we enjoy living in those cities, uh, the cities of the future that we enjoy looking at them. So, you know, we may like the buildings to look y- yellow or red or brown, or we want to mimic uh, the nature. We want to have a wood pattern or a concrete pattern, or we want to have a mural. We want to have an image on our building. A local artist uh, can drop uh, an image and we can apply it on a building. So those are the flexibilities that mm-hmm. all of a sudden we get once we are opening up these doors in terms of design flexibility uh, size of the panels and installations
1: yeah so are there any um examples um that you'd like to uh, point out to the to the listeners of your technology where it's really made a a significant impact on building efficiency and and I, i know you you work internationally but um even in the gta is there anything that people could uh could look at or see
2: uh, yeah so there are a couple of projects in gta but as you mentioned we started our process mainly uh, internationally not because we were focused internationally but it's just the organic growth and the requests that we were getting uh typically what we have noticed is you know in north america we are 10 years behind europe in innovation and uh, building design so uh, we are trying to bridge that gap we are traveling to denmark and norway Uh, all year long to make sure we communicate these uh, new technologies with them as well as we bring it here and introduce it to our friends here in North America. But -hmm. there are a couple of projects that uh, are very interesting uh, and they actually have made a significant impact. And most of them, the one I like mostly are the retrofit projects and the restorations because these buildings are built in 1960s and 70s and by minimum uh, investment and some minimum work we can convert them to some of the most sustainable buildings that we have. And really? I always say the most sustainable buildings are the ones that are already built. Mm-hmm. Because all the carbon and all the carbon embodied is already in the atmosphere. We have already spent the energy to build them. Yeah. Now with a few percentage points, we can bring them up to the most modern and advanced building that we have. So we do have a few projects uh, not far from our factory on in Atobico in downtown Toronto, that we can share the the addresses later on. And then, you know, these are the projects that uh, the retrofit projects that actually made a significant difference once the retrofit is done. These are residential buildings, Mm -hmm. uh, rental residential buildings. Uh, One of them had the railing retrofit, which we replaced the railing of the building with the solar integrated railing.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And the other ones we replaced uh, on the mechanical penthouses and upper levels, we replaced part of the building envelope with the solar panels and the BIPV.
1: Okay, great. Um, so what, would you, what do you see as some of the challenges that uh, the BIPV industry face and, and how are you addressing them?
2: Um, the challenges for BIPV is no different than any other new product that enters the market. We have to overcome some of it is just the uh, habits, human habits, some of it um, proving a new technology and just there are different segments of the market. But uh, early adopters, people who are willing to try new products are obviously are the first one who are putting this on their building and testing it and looking at it. Uh, but just like any other uh, product, if you look at electric cars, uh, you know, after 20 years of and you know, 20 years of one or two companies working on it, and recently many, many companies, it's still less than 5% of cars on the road or new productions. So we are far from the mass adaptation of electric cars, and it's, it's going to be very similar uh, mm-hmm. for BIPV. Uh, it takes one building at a time, one customer at a time, but every project that's completed, people, they can go see it, And typically, that's how we get a lot of our projects, completing one, inviting everyone to come and see it, and then we receive a couple of new projects that we start executing on. But these are very, very early days and stages of EIPV uh, compared to what's about to come.
1: Right. So, so uh, yeah, so if, if we look to the future, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're envisioning where this type of technology is, is, will be part of pretty much any building that is built at some point in the future. Is that kind of where you see it? Yeah, so uh,
2: I see our job is to remove those obstacles that's preventing people from doing it. Uh, logically, there is no reason not to do it. You know, every time I look at a building, I I'm looking at it and said, "This should have been IPV, This should have been our product." Mm-hmm. Why is it not? Then that's our job. How do we remove those obstacles? Uh, ideally, in a near future, every single building should be utilizing a renewable form of uh, facade and uh, building materials.
1: Right. So, so as we close up here, what, what advice would you give to? individuals and businesses who are just looking to transition to more sustainable energy solutions. Do you have any kind of general advice you'd give them?
2: Uh, one of the objections that usually the people they have about, uh, renewable sustainability and new technologies is cost. Before they even ask for it, they, they start the conversation with as soon as this is going to cost them more mm-hmm. and there will be a substantial investment. It's not always the case. There are there have been many many projects in Toronto in New York in um, Houston that I personally look at the budgets and I look at the numbers and I realize the BIPV is actually costing them less than the alternative. Really? So mm-hmm. I would suggest people to properly compare apple to apple and get all the facts and organize you know every bullet point to make sure in a comprehensive package that we are providing or similar product to us. They actually can measure the benefit and the cost. So, starting with the assumption that you know we can't afford it, it's too expensive. Usually, sometimes they don't even come to us because they just assume it's too expensive. Right. So we right. want to break that uh, mindset. We want to change that to a point where they try, it, they test it, they get a quote, and then they go see other projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we invite people to go and see our projects—the uh, the ones that are coming up, the one that's completed. Obviously, we are in the early years, so there are not thousands of projects, but even the, you know, 10s of the projects that we have, 10s or 20 of the projects that are completed, it's still a good, valuable insight, because the impact goes on and on for decades to come. Every project that we install, for the next 50 years, that building is going to produce electricity. Yeah. So imagine, you know, if I have a seven year old uh, daughter at home, it'll be 60 and that building is still producing electricity mm-hmm. and that's very valuable. That's worth spending a few hours analyzing and understanding how do we integrate this into our buildings? Um, I think the risk and the reward are very in line. The, the risk is minimized and the rewards are huge. We just have to you know spend some time and understand it better.
1: Yeah. And, and like, you know, people might have thought too, like this is more for new buildings, but I'm glad you mentioned too, how, how it can really be instrumental in the refurbishment and transformation of a building as well. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you share uh, with our listeners if if they want to learn more about Mitrix? um, like, uh, they can go to your website. Is there anywhere else you would suggest if they want to learn more about this technology and what you guys do? Of course,
2: yeah, the best resource that we have right now is our website, uh, m i t r e x Mm M-I-T-R-E-X.com. And then there's a blog section that they can read about the developments and our social media on LinkedIn uh, and other social media. They can follow us and receive daily updates on our projects, um, new achievements or uh, the events that we are going to. We are very active on social media. We always, uh, we are always updating our uh, customers and uh, that's a that's a very good resource to have.
1: And that's also too where they could um, find out, and like if they'd actually want to see a building that's been uh, BiPV enabled. I guess um, that's where they could find that information too. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yeah, on our website there's a list of some of the projects. We are constantly updating those projects, but social media is a lot more up to date. Yeah, so if they just look at our recent posts, usually they can see. Uh, new types of building uh, or new type of integration that we have done.
1: Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time, Daniel, and and explaining uh, what Mitrix does. It's it's a very uh, interesting and exciting technology.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ben. And uh, looking forward to bringing more awareness to the
1: market. Great. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Members of the Chamber podcast by the Oakville Chamber of Commerce. Connect with hundreds of Oakville businesses and learn more about what we do at oakvillechamber.com.